Blog Talk Radio.
not converting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, guys, we welcome you to the show today. I have Raina with me from the RSSC. Happy New Year, everybody. Hey. Happy New Year, Raina. Happy New Year, and uh, we're also here not we're also here, uh, you know, to help you like help you think, like she said. Um, but we are not here to convert you into a shaft atheist. No thanks. <laughs> Don't want any of those. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And you know, again, we thank you for all the support over the years. And April will make year three. We will have been on the air for three years, and, you know, mm-hmm. if you go and check out the archives, yeah, yeah. We've had a variety of shows. We've had, you know, um, you know, I have some wonderful people here working with us. We have Vita Star with her on blast. We have Jim and Evil, which they did an absolutely wonderful show this past Friday evening. They had a roundtable, and we talked about um, race in the secular community. It was a wonderful um, discussion. I would, you know, strongly advise you to go back and check it out because it was great. You know, we covered a lot of ground there. We have Carl and Alfred, and, you know, they have a great show. I want you to check them out as well. Um, we have Raina with her RSS feed. You know, did I miss anybody? So we got Raina. We have Carla. And, oh, MC Brooks. Can't forget my guy there. MC yeah. Brooks with the great feet, and, and now Noah. has a new co-host. Yeah, Noah Jones mm-hmm. from over at Loudishness. So, again, you know, and we're expanding. We're always, you know, um, expanding and looking for new material, and we're looking for guests. You know, if you have a project, let us know so we can have you on the show. But, you know, we cover a lot of different topics. We talk about social justice issues. We have fun shows. I mean, just a variety of different things. So please check out the archive. There's plenty, absolutely plenty for you to choose from. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give some announcements um, about what's coming up this year, you know, so we're going to make some really, really good go with this. So, on January 19th, People of Color Beyond Faith, we will be having our third webcast, and we're looking forward to that. That starts at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, and it's on this live on YouTube. You can also catch it on Google. But we just want you all to know that we're bringing forth these webcasts because we care about you, and we want to make sure that you're included in the conversation and that we're talking about issues that are important to you and issues that you know affect your lives. Because we understand that there are some people out there who can't come to some of the conferences for whatever reason, and you know we know that there are people out there that are you know, um, not out, but we want to make sure that there are resources available so that you can um, enjoy and understand and get a better understanding of what's happening in the community and uh, answering some of the questions that you may have regarding secularism and your transition out of belief into non-belief. So again, if you ever want to just reach out, reach out to Donald Wright, Keegan Hutchinson, Raina, or myself, Black Freethinkers, and we'll be more than happy to answer your question. But we're welcoming you all into the family. We welcome you. We welcome your questions, your support. We even welcome criticism because there's always room for improvement. And so in February, the weekend of Valentine's Day, 
we're going to have an online conference, and that information should be announced shortly. So we're looking forward, but it's going to be, you know, a weekend of, you know, different panels, and this is our celebration of you. So, again, mm-hmm. you know, we really care about you, and that's why we're doing this. October 11th and 12th of 2014, at CFI Los Angeles, we will have our physical conference. So um, Black Skeptics Group and People of Color Beyond Faith, we will be holding our conference, also titled People of Color Beyond Faith. So that will be in Los Angeles, October 11th and 12th, and it promises to be a wonderful time, and we're looking forward to meeting you guys, and we're looking forward to working with you and talking with you, bring your cameras, bring your books. You know, Dr. Hutchinson will be happy to find them for you. So, you know, we are just excited. There's a lot of, you know, surprises coming out that weekend as well. On April 25th and 26th, People of Color Beyond Faith will be sending representatives to Morgan State University to participate in the Philosophical Atheism and Communities of Faith um, Conference. So that Friday night, we will have a panel, which will consist of Dr. Hutchinson, Ray Rose, myself, and possibly a couple of other people. And on Saturday, Dr. Hutchinson will be giving a presentation. So again, we welcome you guys to come out and support us. Um, we're hoping that everything will be taped so that we can make sure that you all have a chance, the opportunity to enjoy that as well. So, you know, that's what's going on. And like I said, there are a lot of different activities coming up next year. It will be announced as it comes. Next Sunday, January 12th, Dr. Anthony Penn will be on the show. And we will be um, enjoying his conversation. We will be talking about um, liberation theology. And but most importantly, we'll be talking about his autobiography, you know, talking about how a good Methodist young man went to being an atheist. So, you know, basically is writing God's obituary. So it should be a very excellent conversation next Sunday at noon, Dr. Anthony Penn, and we're looking forward to seeing you there. We may take calls um, the second hour, or, you know, I'll let you know when we're taking calls. I'll announce it. But it should be a great conversation. Let's see here. On February the 2nd, which will be a follow-up to this show, on February 2nd, the name of that show is Church Hurt Atheist. So that's what's happening, happening Sunday, February the 2nd. And on Sunday, February the 9th, we'll have Christopher Everett on the line, and we'll be talking about his new movie, Wilmington on Fire. And for those of you that listened to my three-part series about um, Privileged Mutiny, on the second part when I was talking about Inner City Blues, I was talking about different situations in this country in which, you know, prosperous black communities were destroyed by, you know, white vigilante mobs, and Wilmington was one. And that insurrection in Wilmington is the only coup d'etat reported on U.S. soil in U.S. history, and they didn't start acknowledging it until, I believe, it was the 90s. And, you know, they were working on giving reparations to the, you know, the survivors of that, and they said it was so much bloodshed that the river ran red. So we're looking forward to, you know, speaking with Christopher Everett and supporting his film when it comes out because that's a story that definitely needs to be told. And so those are your announcements. So how about that, you know? (laughs) So, you know, I've been looking forward um, to today's show, 
you know, but before we go into that, you know, we have a public service announcement for you. First of all, we must internalize the flatulation of the matter by transmitting the effervescence of the Indonesian proximity in order to further segregate the crux of my venereal infection. If I may retain my liquids here for one moment, I'd like to continue the redundance of my quote-unquote intestinal tract because to preclude on the issue of world domination would only circumvent, excuse me, circumcise the revelation that reflects the aphrodisiac symptoms which now perpetrates the Jericho's activation. Do not misinterpret the chauvinistic... Give to the United Negro Scholarship Fund because a mind is a terrible thing to develop without help. Allow me to expose my colon once again. The ramifications inflicted on the incision placed within the fallopian cavities serves to be holistic, taken from the Latin word jalapeno. All right. All right. I think we have Travis on the line with us. That's you, Travis? Yes, it is. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. And today... Did you like that voice? Go ahead. What did you say? Yeah. Did you like that voice? Oh, Good I morning. like that a lot. Hey, Travis. Hey, good morning, uh, Raina. Good morning. Yeah, you sound like you're right. hosting a late night radio show. You hey, know, Travis. baby. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, baby, baby. That's a very quiet Good, I keep. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, today, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about quite a few things, but um, the title of the show today is White Nationalist, Black Nationalist, Atheist Front. And so, mm-hmm. basically, let me give you all the dial-in number, 310-982-4273. And again, that's 310-982-4273. And, you know, it's going to be a minute before we take calls, but I just wanted to give that number out before we move forward. And there have been a number of issues, and I've pointed out quite a bit of things um, over the years, and especially over the past year, you know, issues that I've seen, a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of contradictions, you know, a lot of issues in the atheist community. And I've talked about both the black atheist community as well as the white atheist community, so I've been pretty fair about that. And, mm-hmm. you, know, um, you know, I've shown some of the similarities because I've also talked about how, you know, and I'm just talking from just from my perspective, how with some of the, you know, atheists, secularists, humanists, freethinkers, whatever you call yourself, some of the behavior that they're bringing from the church over into the secular community. Now, I've contrasted that on several occasions, and I will continue to do so. But, you know, both communities, you know, the black atheist community and the white atheist community, it's really one community, the atheist community, but, you know, some of our focus, you know, some of our pet perspectives 
are a little bit different. And some, most of that has to do with, um, you know, just our lives. You know, um, with black atheists, the majority of us have not experienced the same amount of privilege that many of the white atheists, you know, have enjoyed. And I'm not saying that all white atheists are rich. I'm not saying that. But there is a certain amount of privilege for just being white. And we've mm-hmm. talked about that on a number of occasions. So, you know, I'm going to go down a little list here and show what some of the things that I see that the black atheist community and the white atheist community have in common. And to me, much of this is being brought over from, you know, some of the religiosity mindset, you know. So we'll just go down the list, you know, a patriarchal system. Check and check. Both communities. Sexism. Check and check. Both communities. Homophobia. Check and check. Both communities. Misogyny. Check and check. Racism. Check and check. And yes, black people can be racist. All right. Um, Bigotry. Check and check. Protectionism. Now, here we go with that word. I'm going to repeat that so you can understand me clearly. Protectionism. Check and check. Groupthink. Check, check. Slash mob mentality. Check, check and check. Check, check. Right. Mm-hmm. check, check. Social pressure. Social check, pressure. Check. check and check. Religiosity, whether it's conscious or unconscious. Check and check. And I can go down the list and give you many more examples, but I think that's enough. You know, and especially, you know, considering what we're going to talk about today. You know, so as we've been called Negro bedwitches, we shall go forth onward and talk about some of these particular issues. Um, You know, there are black nationalists in this community and there are white nationalists in this community. Now, just because you're a black nationalist or a white nationalist, that does not mean that you can't be an atheist. No one is saying Mm. that. Okay? However, you know, we have some people out here that pander to whatever audience they happen to be speaking to or with at that particular moment. Now, I've experienced and I've been confronted with racism in this community, and, you know, one of the things that I find interesting about the white atheist community, the mainstream community, and this is not indicative of everyone, so I just want to make sure that I'm clear on that, and I want to make sure that I give a disclaimer because, um, you know, when we talk, we're not, you know, making blanket statements we're not talking about everyone, you know, to shoot this, put it on, and click your heels and push your ass on. But, I mean, the thing is, is that we do have some, you know, white atheists out here who have been allies who do understand, you know, um, what's happening in the, you know, the color communities, you know, communities of color, and what's happening with the poverty, what's happening with the uneducation or undereducation if you will, what's happening with just on a lot of different, you know, levels, you know, with the public policies, so on and so forth. We've discussed all of this, and we have had several, you know, um, white humanists, white atheist organizations step in to fund projects out here 
that, you know, we're putting forth. You know, we have the, um, um, the Women in Leadership Program. You know, they just did um, a fun match. And we have the scholarship program, the Black Skeptics Group Scholarship Program. A lot of the mainstream atheists have stepped in and, you know, supported that. You know, other programs that are out there that, you know, geared toward communities of color and improvement in education and all of that, they have stepped up. So I have to give credit when it's due. And I want to make sure mm-hmm. that's understood from the very beginning. So, you know, there are a lot of wonderful people out here, and we thank you. And I want to make sure that you know that and that, you know, we're not pointing the finger at everyone. I'm just talking about a few special folks, you know, because what I found mm-hmm. really interesting, and we discussed a little bit of this on Friday's show with Mario and Emily, and I was talking about the white atheist community. So when the Zimmerman verdict came in, not one white atheist organization released a statement. And I looked. Now, I can't right. say I looked at all of them. It may have been one or two smaller organizations that I don't know about or I, I missed or forgot to look at, but we'll just say the big dogs. Not one statement came out of any of those organizations, with, with the exception right. of the American Humanist Association. They did issue a statement. When the, when the Supreme Court made their verdict on the Voting Rights Act. Nobody. Didn't hear a word. Criticism was not a damn word. But what mm-hmm. I did hear from some white atheist YouTubers was that we were whining and to get over it. And nobody right. in the atheist community said anything to them. Just like nobody in the atheist community has said anything to Dusty, about calling black Christians Uncle Tom, and he's calling them black that's, Okay, that's Uncle not Tom. necessarily, I was going to say that's not necessarily true because there actually were quite a, a, a number of folks on YouTube um, and, one, and one very popular YouTuber in particular that counted. No, 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 I'm not saying, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not saying the YouTuber, I said organizations. Okay. okay, organizations. Okay, you're right about that. I apologize. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 because, I mean, we, we sat there and we watched the rebuttal of that. But yeah. I'm talking about the organizations, you know, they did not condemn him. And then a lot no, of right. bigoted and racist bullshit that the black atheists, you know, are confronted with. The white mm-hmm. mainstream organizations have not confronted that. The problem is getting bigger and it's getting worse because no one has said anything to them. So that emboldens mm-hmm. them to antagonize right. us. And then the white atheist organizations wonder why we do not participate in the participation that was once there, why it's declining. That's just why. But the next day after the Supreme Court ruled for marriage equality, I mean, they couldn't wait to get their press releases out. We see this. We see this and we understand this. You know, the communities of color, you are ignoring us. We've been talking about this. And we just said, just because you pick one or two people to come speak at your organization, that doesn't mean shit. Because most of the people that you're, you know, bringing out to your organization, they are pandering to your audience. They are saying what many people want them to say. And it goes back to, you know, the unfair, missionary depiction of blacks, not just the black Christians, but of the black community. And mm-hmm. for Absolutely. all of these black speakers. 
at these conditions. Right. Not all of them. But, it, you know, there's a couple of special ones out there. Point the finger at the black church. Right. And, and it's just another and, Mm-hmm. Okay, I was gonna say it's just another it's just another version of trying to paint black people as the problem, you know, as as the black problem, you know, it, instead of it being black people as the black problem or black mothers as the black problem or whatever is the black problem, it's now the black church that is the problem, you know, and we're not we're not dealing with the the fundamental issues of policy and politics and and what have you. And 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 our you know just our social climate, you know, and and how those things interact to create you know what what are you know the things that people think of as black problems, um, and we're blame we're saddling those on the black church, and it's just it, it, this you know like I talked about it in my blog you know there's this you know this sec- secular ideology that thinks that, you know, logic is just this magic, you know, tool, you know, that, you know, if everyone uses it, all of a sudden, you know, all of these things go away. And that's just not the truth. You know, there was logic that said that black people were less than human. Exactly. You know? I mean, it was written in the Constitution that we were three-fifths of a person. So, I mean, this goes back. I said there was logic. There is logic, so. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Human. <laughs> exactly. And, and and that's still perpetuated to this day. And I mean, all of this is interwoven into the very fabric of Western culture, American culture. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we're trying to work on. This is what we're trying to bring to the forefront and explaining over and over in as many ways as possible so that people will understand. Because, you know, it's just a lot, and it's a lot of things that I want to cover today. But, you know, again, with the menstrually, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and unfair depictions of black skin, excuse me, you know, um, it's, it's, it's both groups do it. The black atheists, some, some black atheists do it. And some white atheists do it. And it's unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, there are unfair charges and accusations labeled leveled at the black church and the black community. And so it has to be addressed. And, you know, we've, you know, we've been addressing it and we've given other people the opportunity to address it. But, you know, again, when I was talking about the protectionism, that happens a lot. You know, one thing I will yeah. say is the white atheist is known for policing itself. Now, they cover a lot of shit up, and they protect each other as well. But in the black atheist community, there's quite a bit of protectionism. And the majority of things are covered up, and we're not necessarily known for policing ourselves, you know, because basically, you know, we have this thing about trying to take care of these issues internally and not calling other blacks out in the public. You know, that's frowned upon. And it feels mm-hmm. like you're back in church. Right. Because that was the stance in church. You don't call the pastor out publicly. You know, right. you go and you talk to, you know, whoever, whoever your group leader is or the deacon or the assistant pastor. Go talk to the pastor himself. Or better yet, go take it to prayer. Take it to God in prayer. 
because, you know, there have been some issues in this community. And, you know, there have been many of us, you know, you know, we've sat back and we've watched and, you know, we've said a little something, but we've never necessarily publicly called it out. And one issue was called out December 31st of 2013. But even before that <laughs> issue was called out, it was another, you know, situation with, with this, you know, with Black Sunbound. I'm just going to call the names out. And the Black yeah. kids of Atlanta with the homophobia mm-hmm. and the racism and the total dashikism, the Black nationalism. And, you know, it was called out. And I'm just going to go ahead, you know, because, I mean, it's already out there. You know, Raina wrote a letter to Matt Dillahunty. And then Matt Dillahunty, you know, contacted a few people and spoke with them regarding that particular issue. There were some people in the black atheist community that were angry because Black Son was called out for, you know, his misinterpretation, his, you know, miscommunication of what atheism was or, you know. I mean, atheism is only, you know, the non-believing God. So, you know, I want to make sure I go ahead and defend that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to... It was a real twisted logic there. But the thing is, is that, you know, people were willing to allow Black Sun to go on just so that, you know, he would not be publicly humiliated or called out. So my question to those people, the ones who didn't want him to be called out, you know, even though he's wrong on so many levels, was it better to have allowed him to go forth spouting hate and bigotry and racism just for the sake of peace, just for the sake of solidarity? Show me where that's right, because these are the same people that get angry with the black church because the black church members are not calling out these pastors for stealing the money, for fraud, for money laundering, for the predatorial behavior, for the molestation of children. So how Mm -hmm. is it that you can call out the black church for these things, but when it comes to the black atheist community, you don't want us calling people out for the bullshit that they're putting out here. It's okay to police right. the white atheist community, because but it's not okay to police the black atheist. No, because i got to get this one part out because it's bullshit. Because, you know, they want us to do critical thinking and, you know, and ration, you know, rationalization and logic and all this shit when it comes to religion, but it's not to be applied to the skeptical community, whether it's the black or white skeptical community, it's fucking frowned upon and it's wrong. Right. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's why that's why I wrote those pieces. You know what I mean? Because I was, like, sitting around, and it's like so many people, even though they knew what Blackson was doing, they knew what he was saying, they, he was critical of the church, and he was critical of, of religious communities, and so a lot of people were content, you know what I mean, to let him continue speaking. And, um, and you know, I mean, even some of his, you know, earlier, you know, um, co-hosts that he worked with were told about that, and they didn't have a problem with it as long as he was talking about the church because one of those individuals oh, for sure was a member of the LGBT community. You know what I mean? Because right. this person is out. I'm not, I'm not saying any, I'm not outing anybody. I'm just I'm right. telling it like it is. This person is known, and this person is out. So, um but this person was sitting next to him knowing he had homophobic attitudes and sat next to him yeah. for quite a number of shows before, before you know, they, they decided to part ways. But they were content to right. sit next to him as long as he was talking about the black church. Uh, right, exactly. The, the title of the show is Taboo. 
title of the show is Taboo or something? Well, we're talking about Taboo Topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want you to have a subtitle. Uh, call it uh, Atheist Dirty Draws. <laughs> no, um, Dirty Laundry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I said it like that. Um, but Draws was a, was, a, was a funnier word than laundry. It's kind of hard to yeah, do. Yeah, you, you're do true. You're true. Okay. Um, just, you know, I mean, I really, yeah, like a scientist. I thought about that for three minutes about what word I was going to use. Um, <laughs> I mean, three minutes of y'all's time. I mean, comedian time, that was like, you know, maybe 30, 40 seconds. But um, right. so look here, look, I'm agreeing with you guys on a whole bunch of points, okay? So this is what I will say. You know, uh, a lot of people uh, want you to tippy-toe around right. other people's um, you know, um, unrighteousness, right? So just because somebody is righteous in one area, eh, then you'll tippy-toe around their unrighteousness in another area because they're so good in the, in, in, you know, with the positive. And that's a rough one because then everything you work for and you tear down, they go, people go like, yeah, yeah, you're atheist, but, but that dude, your, your leader is a homophobe. And right. that's, uh, that's ugly. Okay, and so to have this, you know, I, I, I can argue this point with you. I, I can be with you on it, and I can be, and I can play the opposite side of it, too, in, in some ways, okay? But I'll explain what I mean mm-hmm. um, by that later. Um, what I mean by with you, I mean, yeah, um, if a movie, let's say the movie uh, does really well at contradicting uh, previous thoughts about the black church and really able to clown it really well. But then, mm-hmm. right as it's released, it's squashed by um, the LGBTQ community finding out that, wait a minute, this guy is a... Uh, and now, the loudest black atheist is a homophobe, doesn't that by association. Now, he's... Um, it, it, you know, it'll make easy for them to say, ah, them black atheists, they just hate gay people. Now, it might get you some members... <laughs> But it'll right. get the wrong members, right. okay? Okay, so I, so, I, so I get that part, okay? I get I get that, right. I get that. Um, and so, yeah, so, but I also do see other people going, well, um, and they're wrong for this, and, and you're right on this point, uh, but they don't know they're wrong, I guess, really, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Meaning, right. um, okay, so that's why, and that's a reason for always calling out a bigot or a bully in your presence. Because if right. you don't call out the bigot or bully it when you're in their presence, then later on somebody will go, hey, uh, weren't you the motherfucker hanging out with the bully? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And, and you yeah. suck. And you, and you go, yeah, but I'm not with that. Well, why did you see something then? Man, that's a rough one to get past for, for, for right. folks. It's always, right. you know, so... That's a trip, right? And I'm not, I'm not willing to to be silent for the sake of cohesion. Or tippy toe. You know, tippy toe. Who's trying to tippy toe around a homophobe? Okay, because if you are a homophobe and you're calling yourself atheist, uh, you're stuck on some other stuff that we you just ain't told us yet. Because you're Mm -hmm. holding on to some kind of religious think, which is some of these people are bad. And that only comes from religion. I don't know right. of any other book that is the is a primary source of homophobia other than the holy books. We've asked this question well, for the last the holy three books years. Certainly, no, no. Is the there any other book? Certainly, 
Is there any other book that people reference? No, not a not a book that people their, reference, but I'm talking no, about to, our culture. To, no, no. Is there, any other book, is there any other book people reference to defend their homophobia? No. I can't think of one. And I I've been asking that I question for any. three years. Smart people. No. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's had to, had had an answer for that. And so therefore, mm-hmm. once that becomes the answer, then you can call that book um the source of homophobia. It is, you know what I'm saying? I don't but know if you can a, call it the source of homophobia. Really? But I Why, not? That, no. Why not? No, because Why not? We, no, because no. I, well, if you let me finish, I was going to say no because we live in a we live in a very patriarchal, sexist culture, and there is a particular attitude about what men should be and what women should be. And some of that comes from religion, but not all of it comes from religion because there are some of these same attitudes found elsewhere in the world where you find other patriarchal cultures who don't have the same book to reference. Um, but particularly in the, West, in the West, we have this idea of what masculinity is supposed to look like and what femininity is supposed to look like to the point where if you take the average person who's raised in the West, and you see them, um, and you and you present to them um, two men holding hands. That that those two people are going to be viewed by that Western individual to to possibly be gay. Whereas in another context, two men holding hands is is not a, a, a signifier that they're in a relationship or that they're in a, a romantic relationship, but just a sign that they're friend they're friendly, that they're fr- they have a friendship. You know, there, there are certain taboos in Western culture that make absolutely no sense when you really investigate them deeply. But it's about this, it's about this um, having this very strict, um, you know, uh, set of rules for what men and women are supposed to do. And like I said, some come from religion, but not all of them do. You but know? what I'm saying is, There's what nothing... other book do the strict rules come from other than the holy books? No, the, 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 like I said, you're 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 viewing it from from just one perspective, and 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 the fact is is that the Bible, yes, the Bible and and these holy books have uh, do contribute, but they don't necessarily. Um, it doesn't just end there. A lot of it comes from from culture. From what Western I'm saying culture. is, it's something that's been passed on. It's something that's been social that we've been socialized into. So what I'm saying I understand where you're coming from. I'm just saying that that's not the end of the story. Right, but I'm saying that the, I'm saying it's the beginning of the story. These books have been intertwined. I don't think it's the I don't think it's even the beginning of the years. story because because these these sorts of these sorts of the way that these people uh, that these sorts of social behaviors and these sort of social customs existed prior to them being written down exactly you know? exactly that's where they got the ideas from that's how they put them in the book but but, right. but nobody today got it from anywhere other than the, than than something that was connected no, to the they, book no it's been it's been handed down so even if there was no book it would still have been handed down is my point so it's like it's not necessary. I mean, there are people who have never who were who were not raised Christian who have these same values. So where did they get them from? They were socialized into them. Okay, so I because was watching. Uh, I'm going to say because in order for them to be put in, in in these holy books, it had to have been passed down. It was not a unique thought to the different writers of the holy book. So no. those, you know, those ideas. Well, what if the uh-huh. Well, look, I mean, well, what if the, the the first five books of the Bible were written by a closeted queen? Okay, and it's quite possible. And, and, that's quite possible. Okay, and so therefore, that's one individual, right? So, but 
Um, what I'm saying is today um, religion is so intertwined with our society, okay? We can't pretend mm-hmm. like it's not, okay? Right. Um, they even have a, a charter for a city. You had to have a church, mm-hmm. okay? All right? right. So that's so intertwined. I, I All I'm saying is that right now where they get it from and I'll here tell you how, how, how it was broken down. Right. Dick Gregory said that the black churches weren't anti-gay and loud anti-gay until the white, recently, until the white conservative churches started doing that. Okay, yeah. he said that and, for... And that's exactly true. That's exactly true. But, I mean, okay, let's put what you're saying in context, okay? So we, we'll, we'll, let's talk about America. So, you know, America is a relatively young country, Right. And the Bible has been with Americans since, you know, they got off the shift. So when you're talking about the Holy Book and what's happening in our communities now and people getting these ideas from the Bible, then that part is correct. You know, some of the ideas that they're getting from, you know, the Bible or the Quran and all of that, yes, many of them are getting those ideas from the Bible, but, you know, in the context that Raina was speaking, you know, she was going all the way back to before the Bible, before the Quran, before the Torah, before all of that was written. You know, so she's talking about how it was passed down culturally. But if we put it in the context of America and what's happening now with the homophobia in the communities, that's absolutely correct. Dick Gregory was correct in that particular comment because, um, you know, you know, homosexuality, bisexuality, all of that, it was always a part of the community. This is not anything new. This is not an enigma that just started in the past 50, 60 years. You know, but it was everybody knew that, you know, the organist over there was gay, what they would say, he's just a little funny. But nobody really said anything, and everybody was still friendly with him and loved him, the love of Jesus, as they would say. But then when some of the white evangelicals, some of the white conservatives, some of the white Baptists, Southern Baptists, when they started coming down and condemning homosexuality, a lot of the black churches took their cues from the white church. I agree. Yeah, Dick Gregory continued and basically said that I've been. He said I've been in and out of churches for seventy every other week for seventy three every other Sunday for seventy three years, and uh, the person gay was usually playing the organ or running a choir and nobody said shit. He said right. he was doing like that. He said, Preacher, you, you just found out he was gay last week? He was doing like that. It was cold. But, um, but, here's, but, but, okay, but, but here's the thing. But here's something else. I'm just, this is, I'm saying I, I agree with you that, there, there, that some of it comes from the, from the Bible. I, I'm not disputing right. that. But, but we right. still live in a culture. Listen, 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 listen. So we still live in a, in a wider culture. You can turn on the television and get certain, certain opinions and views and, and, and images of what a man is supposed to be. Anytime right. they bring on some wimpy man or, or what, what most of us would think of as a wimpy man, a nerdy man, a, not a big burly man who's not, you know, able to do maybe the physically the same things that we think of as an Arnold Schwarzenegger or, or Bruce Willis, uh, you know, being able to do. That man is, is giving you an example uh, as a man of what is not, considered the masculine ideal. So I'm saying that, yes, the Bible has something to do with it, holy books have something to do with it, but there is a wider culture that we live in. So even if you don't right. read those books, you're right. still going to get it from somewhere. 
So my right. thing is, is we can't necessarily always just point the finger at religion at the as the source exactly. of for everything. Right. That's true. We have a call. Let's take this one call. We have two calls, actually. First call coming from 314. May we ask who's calling? It's Bianchi. How are you guys doing? Hi, Bianchi. We're okay. good. How are you? You know, I agree with Arena. I'm, yeah. If I'm pronouncing her right, her name correctly. Yes, that's correct. Thank On the way she uh, posed, uh, the, the difference between homo—I guess you call it homophobia—and uh, homophobia really didn't start in uh, religion. It started in uh, in culture. Now uh, you talking exactly. to a person who has homophobia? I guess you can say I don't hate them. I just have a homophobia for. Uh, certain things. I have a homophobia for certain foods, if you will, and want to say it. But, uh, and I am a, a non-believer in a God, don't have no need for it, no need for Jesus. So, yeah, those the, the two of those can coexist, those type of feelings. But, uh, I, and, and Dick Gregory say he's been in and out of churches with Oregon for the last 73 years. I kind of have to question him on that. Come on, Dick. Black churches didn't have organs going back 73 years ago now. That I know of. Those are some expensive dudes. So, how you guys been doing? What if, I haven't been around you in a long time. I hear people talking about you every now and then in certain circles I end up in. So, uh, you have become I'm a sure conversation piece. I'm, I'm sure we are. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, but you know I mean, what? It's mm-hmm. good though. It's good because yeah. it's. Uh, we we make comments on how other people in different areas come out per se. But heck, there's nothing wrong with vocally claiming uh, your belief and your opinions. I mean, that's good. It's, I think that it's something that should be acceptable. Uh, you have a right to do so, and people uh, shouldn't scorn you. And if they don't, you know, if they disdain it, and they have a right to do so, as long as they uh, do so in a civilized fashion, should I say? Uh, exactly. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure that we could sit down at the table and have a meal and have a conversation, and would nothing go down no further than that unless somebody uh, brought something up. Right. And right. I'm like and, you guys. And, and, I don't want to be out in public. Somebody walking up to me, putting their hand on my forehead, talking about, I need this, I need that. <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, that's the good thing about, you know, having shows like this because, you know, I want to have these conversations. You know, I believe in civility. And I also believe in being fair, so that's the reason why I don't cut people off who have, you know, antithetical viewpoints because I want to hear what they have to say because they're not the only person that feels that way. But then I have my viewpoint as well. And, I mean, you may or may not change. You may or may not, you know, have any bearing. But that's okay. At least you heard it. But, you know, it's just interesting. You know, there are a lot of things that are culturally based, that are passed down. You know, I'll give you another example. You know, political affiliation. In many families, you know, it's passed down, whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, independent, or what have you. But there are things that are culturally based and passed down. And, you know, I agree with what he's saying, too, as well, is that in some communities, they receive all of their, you know, belief systems, their tenets, or what have you, from their holy book, whatever it may be called. 
you know, because they don't necessarily know any better. But, again, that's also cultural, and that's been passed down as well. Because when Africans first came to this country, they were not Christians. But they've been Christians ever since, for the most part. No, they were and not. You know what? You just gave me an idea. I'm going to ask the next person <laughs> that tries to get me to do so. I'm going to ask them, where in the Bible does it say I have to vote Democrat all the time? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then if you really want to stump them, ask them why Republicans, I mean, why blacks were Republicans until the New Deal, and then they crossed over to Democrats. Yeah, you're right, and that's historical. But, you know, the more that you really begin to think with this uh, analytical thinking, you can pose these questions not in many other different areas also. I mean, they're logical exactly. questions that need to have some thought put to them. Uh, they need to be uh, had amongst young people. Uh, exactly. That way uh, they don't waste their time going down a wide and broad road only to bump into a dead-end wall at the end. So I'm going to continue listening. Uh, I appreciate your show. Okay. Excellent, Bianchi. Well, we welcome you, and Happy New Year. I'm going to place you on hold, okay? Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, I just wanted to say, right. I just wanted to say um, that, um, you know, Pianchi agreed with me, but um, I think Pianchi and I have different perspectives, particularly on the, uh, on the way that we, um, we view, um, you know, the cultural contribution of homophobia. Like, Pianchi obviously agrees with it, you know what I mean? Because he just finished saying that he has, he's homophobic. Um, and, and so there are some people who think that just because something is cultural that that means that, it, 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 you know, you can't critique it, that it, there's no inherent good or bad in it, that it just is. Um, I'm, right. I'm of the mind that culture evolves. So if we know that there's something wrong within our culture, that we have, a, um, we have an obligation to counter right. it. We have, a, you know, we have an obligation to change it. So um, I think that's where he and I differ. But um, okay. it definitely goes back before the Bible. So just like sexism okay. goes back before the Bible. Yeah, but oh, uh, Raina, can you hear me? Back. Can you hear me? Bye, Travis. Yeah, go ahead, hon. Okay, so just so you really, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like um, as close to that as I probably get to pissed, okay? Um, and I'll explain why. I said that when people defend their homophobia, they use the holy books. And now, nothing else right. I found. Wait, 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 listen to me. When I, listen to what I said. When, mm-hmm. people use, when people use a book to defend their homophobia, they use the holy books. I have found wait, no other books to use. But wait, 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 wait a minute, that, that's not what I said. I said when people use a book. So we're only okay. talking about people who are using a book. Okay. Right, but I'm also I'm also trying to extend the conversation because I don't. But want when to you extend it, you're, you're not book. really extend it. You just made it fine, okay? And and and, and went like fine and like a, in a weird way, in a, in a, like a contradictory way. No. And the only no, two I people who agree with you, wait, wait, let me finish for a second, please. No, I the only two people, made it fine. And the people I who agree with you, I said that we was, have to deal with the culture. Also, we can't just deal but, with the book. Because once we deal with the book, we still have to deal with the culture too, Travis. That's all I'm the, saying. The book is intertwined in the culture. So the why? The book is intertwined with the culture, but the culture still would be promoting homophobia even without the book. 
You can say that, but you have No, because I can say that because we have atheists in this community, Travis, that promote homophobia. But there's that's still a source of that. it. No, what's that's the, not the source of it. Source the source of it is cultural. And some of them are even trying to justify their homophobia using science. How? So I mean, I look. I said, I said some of them are trying to use it. I didn't say that they were justified in using it. It's the same way that there are there are real racists in our are racial realists in our community who say that racism is justified and that there there is a reason why quote unquote blacks are unfer- inferior to whites. There's, there are racists in this community who use science to try to say that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's one of those things. People find justifications for, any, for all of their beliefs. And all we're merely saying is that we can't just necessarily focus narrowly on people who hold the holy books because there are people outside of, of those groups who hold the same beliefs and they have other sources that they look to to justify their beliefs. So that's all I was saying. It's not, it's not to say that you're wrong. I'm saying that there, we have to think a little bit more broadly. We can't always just focus narrowly on the church. And we have a call. Let's bring 111 in. Is that me? 111, may we ask this call? Is that you, Damar? Uh, yeah. Hey. Why do I always show up 111? Uh, don't worry about it. Welcome and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to y'all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Deborah. Happy New Year. I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> um, oh, help me. Go ahead. You know I am, right? Anyway, Raina, how you doing, Raina? I'm doing okay, Deborah. Great. I wanted to know, see, this is my thing. I understand about culture. Whose culture are you talking about, though? And how far are you going back? How far are you going back? And how far well, we're are you talking, going back? Well, we're talking about Western culture to begin with, um, mainly. Okay. But I mean, it, it really just—it really depends on the culture. There are some cultures that were, you know, homosexuality was accepted, not necessarily celebrated. Sometimes it was celebrated, but you know, you have Native American cultures where you had, you know, a third sex, you know, and these people were, you know, regarded as, you know, sort of having, um, you know, spiritual powers or gifts. You know, um, there were certain cultures, even you know, on the African continent, where that was also held to be true. And there's and there's a there's a variety of it in in in, um, in Indian culture as well that I'm aware right. of. Now I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know all the world cultures, but those are just you know a few examples that I'm aware of. I'm just saying, when, when did, did they those, begin? When did they I mean, begin are you talking to about the be homophobic of time? Yeah. I, I wasn't asking because the a lot of people don't want, to go past, don't want to go before Kemet. They don't want to go okay. there, okay? They only want to deal with Egypt, Kemet, you know, and those places. Mm-hmm. But see, mm-hmm. before you had cities, you had country. That part mm-hmm. that they call pagan, that the white folks tell you don't 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 go there, okay? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people yeah. I don't care who it is. You can be atheist. You can be anything. They're scared to go there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you gotta mm-hmm. recognize right. when it changed. Okay, that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. You gotta go. Yeah, I, 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 mean, no, I can't even get. No... I can't even get Bible people. 
to tell me they still think that King James was the first pop. Yeah. No, no, no. You know I, I agree with you. No, I agree with you. I don't know. I don't know specifically when it changed, and I'm sure that there were there, that there are cultures that you can point to that have been, you know, have had some uh, homophobia in, within their culture going back, you know, almost to the beginning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's, it just varies. And of course, and I'm, I'm, we're mainly talking about Western culture today because whether or not you are in the West, you're impacted by Western and, culture because Western culture is everywhere. That those same people that's putting that shit on TV, mm-hmm. where they getting it from? Okay, yeah. that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. See, mm-hmm. they grew up in this culture, and I'm right. pretty sure they had. If they didn't read, and I'm gonna tell you something about reading the Bible, them there mm-hmm. ch- people in church don't read the Bible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as far as reading, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Forget that. I've been trying to get them to do that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 you know, they still can't. They bought. I had a preacher that bought his fence up. Last time I I went back, I left church at 18, went back about 23 after I divorced, you know. Oh, you a bad woman, okay? So I thought I was. <laughs> and right. I asked one of the, the first question I I said, okay, who, who is, you know where it said, let us? And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it turns to he. I said, uh, uh, Reverend, uh, who is a, us? Right. I said, which one had the pussy? Wait, I didn't say pussy, but you know. Uh, <laughs> he balled his hand up at me. Okay, that was right. you know kind of it for me. That that I, I advise anybody to read the Bible. Right. That's all I say. Then you yeah. can understand that it's something really fishy about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Especially That's when the they thing. they don't even mm-hmm. preach on. They always preach on all the lovely stuff of the Bible. But they never preached the, right. the, the other stuff. And I don't say you right. can say, I mean, you know, all that is love. Come on, read the Bible. It shows right. that love. Right. right. And I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, with a lot of these thoughts and, you know, they've evolved over the years. Some things have been deeply ingrained, deeply indoctrinated. But, again, you know, we're talking about, you know, what's happening over here on the other side of the equation in the secular community and how the secular community is basically transferring, you know, um, what I consider as bad characteristics or bad form or whatever from the religious community to the secular community. And so earlier I talked about, you know, sexism, check, check, in a black atheist community as well as the white atheist community. You know, one thing that I left off and I want to talk about now is pseudo-liberation, you know, and that's mm-hmm. check, check. And mm-hmm. just because you are now an atheist, non-believer, humanist, thinker, what have you, this has not liberated you from sexism, homophobia, racism, misogyny, bigotry, and all of that. And I've seen both black atheists as well as white atheists say that now that they're atheists, they're no longer like that anymore. But their actions say something different. Their mouths are saying that they're no longer sexist, no longer racist, no longer any of these things, and they want you to take them at face value. And, no, we can't do that. We can't take you at face value when your actions say that, you know, that's not true. Now, going back to something that was said a little earlier, 
I'm trying to remember what it was because I wanted to address it. And, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, just some of the issues that we're experiencing. Oh, all right. So we were talking about calling Black Sun and other people out publicly for their mm-hmm. bullshit. Okay. Good. Now, on this show, we called out that bullshit with Teresa McVeigh. Yep. Okay, that was all in the newspaper. We called it out, and we called out what she did wrong, and, you know, we were very compassionate in that particular situation. We called that out, and I'm sure there were some white atheists that were not happy that we talked about that particular issue. But we talked about that issue as well as many others. And it's important that we talk about these issues as well, because on the 31st, um, you know, a blog went up, Raina put up a blog talking about Jeremiah Kamara. Right. Okay. And in this particular blog, you know, she, you know, gave examples of different speeches, talks, podcasts, what have you, that he's given over the years. And she pointed mm-hmm. out, you know, some of the homophobic and some of the sex comments that came out and some of the people that he's associated with, which includes that black son. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, there are people in the community who are angry because they do not believe she should have called, you know, Jeremiah out. But one thing I will say is that she did not give you clips of, you know, the podcast. She she pointed you to the entire podcast, but she told you what different parts to listen to. But she put the entire podcast or YouTube video up so that you could watch the whole thing to make sure what she was saying was in context. So she was not trying to be deliberately obtuse, if you will. She was trying to give you the opportunity to to, to see it in the full context. But in this regard here, you know, um, this particular character has made homophobic um, comments, sexist comments, anti-Semitic comments over the years, as well as a number of other issues. Now, there have been some people who have pushed back on this, and they said that they know him personally. And to be honest with you, I do not know Mr. Kamara. I have not met him. He seems just as a person. He seems to be a really nice guy, okay? But that doesn't absolve him of his particular ideology. You understand? And he put this out here, and there are people pushing back saying, well, he's changed. Well, why don't the rest of us know about it? One person said, well, you know, I talked to him personally, and I know that he's changed. Well, you know, how do we know? And so, you know, Mr. Kamara responded to the original blog, which was titled Contradiction. And that went up in this full context as well, in which Raina rebutted, you know, that particular response. Now, this is my thing. In his rebuttal, he said that he, you know, unapologetically, supports the LGBTQ community or the gay community or whatever he used there. And the right. thing is, is that why, why don't the rest of us know about it? Who are these mysterious gay people that you're friends with? This is the same question I ask racist white people. Who are these mysterious blacks come to your house for dinner? I mean, right. who, and why don't we know about it? Mr. Kamara said that he has spoken on this publicly. Okay, send me the link. Right. So that we can see for ourselves. You know, we're not being obtuse. We're not being difficult. We just want to know if you publicly made these comments and if you had a change, if you evolved, you know, that is absolutely wonderful. 
But we would like right. to know where, when, how, and to what extent. And I think that's right. this is fair. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, because it's not like these were comments that he made in, in, the, in private. These are comments that he made publicly. You know what I mean? These are things that he, I mean, and a couple of the things are things that he posted and said directly. You know, it's not like he just went on someone's show and made an offhand remark. You know what I mean? He wrote about it. Right. You know? So, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's interesting to me that I would be getting, you know, the, you know, the anger that I seem to have gotten from some people. But, you know, it looks like, to me, like there are some concerns that maybe this could hurt his movie or maybe that this could hurt his um, his ability to make his money in this community. And, you know, to that I say, well, I mean, you should have thought about those things before you, before you said them. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Right. And um, it's just interesting because not only that, you know, not only with Mr. Kamara, there are other people in this community Matter of fact, you know, with some of the men in this community and women, which is interesting, mm-hmm. you know, they're pointing at, you know, feminists or radical feminists, if you will, as being the problem in the atheist community. And, right. you know, to that I say, what I find interesting is, again, is taking on the role of religiosity because even with the religious on that side of the equation, it's always the woman's fault. Always blame yeah, the always. if you will. And and this always. is the thing right here. You know, there is no one singular atheist movement or agenda. If the feminists want to focus on social justice and other aspects and the other side, the mainstream atheist community wants to focus on science and math, so damn what? So yeah, what? Right. Who's to say right. that we're supposed to follow you know, the mainstream atheist community and focus on what they decide the agenda may be because it's already been proven that they're going to ignore communities of color. And instead of addressing the issues and dealing with the issues, some of them respond by trying to throw money at the issue or patronize us by bringing people from our communities to speak. And then when those people get up there to speak, again, as I said earlier, they're giving very unfair depictions and unflattering menstrually depictions of blacks, not only of the black Christian community, but the black community in general. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it has to be dealt with. And the thing is, what, what I find interesting about what's happening in the atheist community as a whole, there is a lot of fear-mongering happening in this community. Oh, look at what's happening over here. Look at what's happening over here. It's the same bullshit that's happening in the religious community as well as the political community. In the black atheist, white atheist community, there's a lot of capitalism. But then you hear some of the same people saying that they're anti-capitalism, but then yet they depend on their audience base for their livelihood. How does Mm -hmm. that work? How does that work? And that goes back to something that I said on a few shows in which we talk about you know, this system of oppression, and when we talk about white privilege and white supremacy, a lot of black people do not tend to recognize that we are invested in those systems. The question is, right. how much are you invested in that system, and do oh, you recognize right. it? So, right. I mean, you know, 
that just opens the door for a lot of other, you know, conversations. But going back to what I was saying about, you know, the quote-unquote radical feminists, and, you know, they're pointing the finger, and even some of these people acknowledge that they're not even part of the atheist community. If you're not part of the atheist community, how are you pointing the finger at radical feminists? Sit your ass down and shut the fuck up. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's funny. That's right. Let me I gotta make one more point and then I I'll let it go. Okay. And this okay. is the question that I have for the white atheist community. What are you doing to relieve the issues that the atheists of color are bringing to the forefront? We're talking about public policy. We're talking about education. We're talking about, you know, educational opportunities. We're talking about employment opportunities. We're talking about A, B, C, D, and E. What are you doing? And some, some of that I pose to the black atheist community. Because what I've seen over in the black community, but that mainly goes to the white atheist community. I'm not letting them off the hook today. But the black atheist community, some of that goes to you because, you know, I see people in this community, there are a lot of beautiful people in this community, a lot of intelligent people in this community, but it seems as though quite a few of them are still into that bullshit from the damn religious community. It's about entertainment, it's about drinking drugs and fun, and party. We have to get beyond that, because the people around us are dying. And, you know, not mm-hmm. just physically dying, but dying emotionally, dying psychologically. And which is why I get on some of these black atheists that are trying their damnedest to tear down the black church. And the reason why I am against that, and I said this on Friday night show with Emily and Mario, the church is the community center in the black community. It is the focal point. Understand that. There, then and even now. People think that we have evolved and we have overcome. I've said it before, we ain't overcame shit. Because mm-hmm. even now, mm-hmm. when we want to put forth an agenda, when we want to talk about certain things, when we want to organize, so on and so forth, our place of refuge has always been the black church. Whether you were a believer or a non-believer, they learned how to work together to, 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 to spring forth certain agendas, like the civil rights movement, even though it was started by secularists way before what happened in the 50s and 60s, but when we talked about this, but they had to use the church in order in which to congregate without arousing suspicion or paranoia from white folks. And the same thing happens today. With some of the black groups and Latino groups, you know, groups of color out here in the atheist community, we get attacked for having our own separate groups. And then you have certain people from the mainstream organizations that want to come and join our group just so they can keep an eye on us. And this has been happening across the country. So it's like we can't have nothing without their opinion and without their approval. And it's bullshit. But going back to the black atheist community, what exactly are you doing for the black community besides feeding them, you know, more things that they don't need and tearing down at their self-esteem? Because what you don't seem to understand, and this is just my opinion, I believe that there is an agenda from mainstream America, as well as some of these white atheists, not all of them, but some of them, and this agenda has been to basically figure out how to penetrate and infiltrate the black church. And this is something that they fear because they haven't been able to figure it out, but they're also afraid of it. 
They can't do it, so what do they do? They send us in to do it. And I fucking absolutely refuse to do it. But they're using some of these black atheists to go into the church and to tear the church down, tear the black church down. So my question to you black atheists out there is that if the black church implodes or the black church folds and leaves, where the fuck are these people going to go? And how are you going to help them? And you're going to say, some of you are going to say, it's not my damn problem and it's not my responsibility, but are you going to be saying that when anarchy breaks out? Are you going to be saying that if your situation changes and now you're in the same position as these other people? Or will you still have the same fucking attitude? Because you have to put this in context. These communities of color have been oppressed. They have been structurally, you know, um, you know, oppressed, they even racist. My God, I've talked about all of these things and how it's on the book. You know, but all you're looking at is the fact that, you know, you work at ABC company and you make, you know, $2 an hour more than the other person, and so you have arrived. No, the fuck you haven't. You're still getting crossed, and you just don't know it. But the thing is that you have to start looking outside of yourself and looking at the community as a whole because no matter how many of these white people have told you that you're different or you're special, let me tell you today, you're still black, and you always mm-hmm. will be. And, and um, so you saying the church is, is teaching that. Is that what you're saying? Is it no, I don't know what you're saying. The church is teaching that. You see, this is what I'm saying. I understand what you're saying about Turndale, the only place we have been going. But mm-hmm. the same place has been feeding this this dependency to the people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, oh, they need to start teaching... Differently. And, I mean, right you know, now, if, can you have a meeting at a church? Can we? Can black atheists have a meeting at the church? Well, to be honest, well, they already you, have um, in some churches. Exactly. Exactly. They, they've had yeah, meetings. They, yeah, you know, they're growing. You know. But, but see, but see, but this is the thing. This is what I'm trying to say. You know, <laughs> some of the black atheists are working. You know, with the black churches and trying to help them develop, you know, or trying to help them evolve and to grow. But, yes, you're absolutely correct. You know, some of these churches have been teaching dependency. Some of them have been teaching victimhood. Some of them have been teaching these things, and it's been passed down generation to generation because that's what they were taught initially to keep the black people subjugated and to keep them under control. I get that. I get that. But I'm telling you, but check it out. But the Okay, let me make this last point, and then it's on you. Yeah, yeah, please. Okay, Okay. and so basically what I'm saying with the black church, you know, in a lot of these communities, it's used somewhat as a social safety net because there are a lot of people, you know, poor people that go to the church because this is the only place they know to go to help get um, help with their gas and light bills, to help get food, you know, and get information about where to go and what to do. Not all churches are bad. Some of them are out here doing really, really good work in the community. And so basically what the people don't seem to understand is that a lot of these are federal programs and that the federal programs use the churches as an office. And they employ people to sit there and work and to help the people in the community. And a lot of these resources, you know, probably wouldn't be in our communities if not for the churches. Because you don't see, you know, a line heap or a seat of office down the street if there's an office in downtown. So how are they going to get the money to get downtown and figure out how to get there and then a long line? Because there's only one office. There's one office. And if it's serving a big city like Chicago, you're going to be sitting there for hours upon hours. 
So that's why they have these little outlets. And this is why I've been saying to the black atheist community that we can go in and we can offer some of the same services in the community to help the community out. It's, it's a fabulous job, yes. There is no money in it, no. None of that, but we have to start looking beyond that and looking at the greater community as a whole. Go ahead, Travis. You know, um, look, uh, I'm trying to say this. I'm trying to say this nicely, Um, and then I'm bounced. Okay, and then I'm gone. Okay, I'll say nothing else. Okay, no, no, I got, I got to bounce because. Uh, no, no, because um, Tana just called me, and, um, and, and, and we're here a little bit too hard. So what I would say to you, and I would, I would really like everybody to think about, is this. Um, I saw a stat that said that there are three times as many churches as there are schools. Okay? Yes. Okay? Yes. That's too many. That's too many. And, yes. if, uh, and what I'm saying to you is, um, Kim, my friend, and, and everybody out there, uh, mm-hmm. I think this is um, just like the movie Wiz, The Wiz, <laughs> and if uh-huh. and if we throw a big bucket of cold water on the black churches, it'll be like, can't uh-huh. you feel a brand new day? Can't you feel a brand new day? Exactly. I'm serious, exactly. and because exactly. otherwise, exactly. otherwise, uh-huh. otherwise. Otherwise, we're stuck with the preachers. And if you remember, you remember the song right before "Can You Feel a Brand New Day"? It was yeah. "Don't Nobody Bring Me No Bad News, No Bad News." Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Cause, right, cause right, I, right. Because I need new shoes. And if the pastor got yeah. new shoes, I can't, I can't team up with a pastor that got new shoes or a new suit. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I better see the oh, same suit. With I agree with you. There are way too many churches. And there are way too many of these pastors that are, you know, stealing the money. And I talked about that earlier. You know that it's stealing money that are, you know, um, sexual sexual predators. Is way too much right. of that. Right. Okay. That so, Kim, but Kim, remember what I said to you uh-huh. about that, though? I said, uh-huh. can what percentage of pastors really believe and what percentage are just using it as a business trying to milk the community? And, and the answer y'all said on Black Free Thinkers, it was about 50%. So I can't pretend like I'm going to be able to figure out which one that is. And what I'm saying to you is, yes, mm-hmm. the atheist, uh, agnostic, secular, humanist communities, free thought, free thinking communities, uh, mm-hmm. black non-believers and everybody else, yes, 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 we need to create things where these people go. But it doesn't work like we... But it doesn't work that way. There's no way for us to – we already know it's needed, okay? So that's the, that is the beginning of a net, right? But right. to slow down telling the truth about anybody, telling anybody ever that there's a hell, I don't see why that, that right. any, every church that we stop doing that shit is a child who ain't stuck on that shit, okay? Mm-hmm, exactly. Because that yeah, is the truth right. that I really believe. This last year I watched a bunch of documentaries – I watched the one about the Jehovah's Witnesses. I watched the one about um, God Loves Uganda, about the um, church sending people over to Uganda to get the, uh, get, right. you know, get the kill the gays thing on the thing. Yeah. And that was just yeah. kill the gays. Like, that's okay. But the other part about that, which is really quick, is that uh, if, you, if, so, if you know someone's gay and you don't report them within 24 hours, yeah. you go to jail for five years. That's part yeah. of the bill, exactly. just so you understand about that. Yeah. But what I'm explaining to you is I can't pretend mm-hmm. like letting one child be told that there is a devil or a hell for a second right. is okay because That's if you're right. told that between the ages of two and what, like five, seven, 
you know, yes, formerly, just, like, just, like, just, like, just like if you can, yes, just like if you don't learn how to talk between one and four, mm-hmm. okay, if you right. get told as a hell, and depending on, I believe, how much that stuck on you, watch out for the devil, mm-hmm. the devil going to get you, if the more you get of that, you might not ever be able to get get out of your head that there that there ain't a devil. You know what I'm saying? You right. may not ever be able to receive that information. Right. And right. so to act like anybody should be doing that to any kid anywhere on on the planet at all, Child telling abuse. them is it, it, it is child abuse. It child is bru- it is brutal. It is brutal. Right. It is mean. Yes. And I could not even yep. team up with anybody who's agreeing, walking around, acting like there's a hell or something, something to be saved from other than hunger, homelessness, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, a lack of I, human contact, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to say, I was because I believe that it's wrong, you know, and I believe it is child abuse to indoctrinate these children. I agree with all of that. I also feel that we should pass the church. And the minute we pass the church, most of them will close down. You understand? Most of them will close down. And then we open them back up as something else. Simple as that. They got to close down before they can open up as something else. Because nobody's uh-huh. going to go anywhere when they still got some bullshit to go to. It, it really is That's that right. simple. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, and, and uh, look, if I would have said that as Red Fox, it would have been, uh, everybody ain't going to come to your thing while they still going to their thing. You know, I'm just trying to clown what I'm being. <laughs> and and for, them to, to, for them to keep on with the lies just because, so they can right. get federal money, do you see how much tithing that was collected from black churches alone? Mm-hmm. That, you know, you talking about they, they don't need the federal government. So tell the truth. Well, because the thing, yeah, you know, and, and that is the truth. But the thing is, is that, you know, they're not being regulated. These churches are not being regulated. They are not being audited. They are not being held accountable, not by the government nor by the members. You understand? But and can't we pretend like, but we can't pretend like they ever will be. It is a business. Oh, I, they're I, never going to be. I don't think no, exactly. they're not going to be. Can they're I say not. something? They're not. But, can I say something? Go ahead. Can I, can I, can I, can I finish? Okay, so uh, going back to the thing about the school, the, the there being more churches in schools, that is not the fault of the church. That is not the explicit fault of the church. Look at what Rahm Emanuel has done. Look at look at the fact that we haven't increased education spending. Look at the fact that we that we put all this money into defense. Look at what our national priorities are. Look at what's going on in Texas and the way that they're trying to not only to you know change the science curriculum so the science curriculum doesn't reflect the fact of evolution. They're also trying to minimize. Um, the the in, you know the um, teaching of slavery and the teaching of um, of racial oppression in the civil rights movement, you know, to kind of make it seem like the founding fathers in this country has always been about you know um, you know racial harmony and racial you know equality, which mm. is which has never been the case. So it's not that it's not that it's just the church. So I and I agree with you that we have to speak truth. Now, I've never said anything other than we need to speak truth. But there's a difference between speaking truth and bashing the church and bashing Christians and, and setting the problem no of the black Christians. Well, you know, I don't think what No, 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 I'm not saying really that you did. I'm not saying that you did. I'm oh, saying no, I didn't that, say that. I didn't there's say that. a difference. I didn't say that. 
Right, I'm not saying that anyone on the line has said that. I was just, I didn't say anyone on the line has said that. I'm just saying there's a difference between bashing the church. I know you did. And there's a difference between bashing the church and setting all of the problems of society and the problems of the community onto the church because the church is not where they began. You know where I think that comes from? It's because for years, for centuries. That's all I'm saying. The church has been bashing everybody who is not a Christian. And they getting what they what they put out. And it, 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 it's not really no crazy crazy hard bashing. Look, when, when you said you were going to, you were going to refute the point about um, there being three times as many uh, churches. No, I didn't say I was going to refute that point. I didn't say I was refuting you. I never said I was But I wanted to say my okay. But let me say my next sentence, please. My next sentence is. My next sentence is the only reason because I wasn't attacking the only I was saying something to add to your point, Travis. Go ahead. The only reason that there are more churches than schools is because churches are tax exempt. Okay, and and any time if churches don't pay property tax, then anybody who does pay property tax is paying the salary of one reason. That is one reason why there's more churches than there are schools. There's another reason why there are more there, what is that? there are not enough why? churches. What's another there, reason? Because it's not a because it's not a priority, and because there are because wait, there wait, are wait, wait. policies. But why you, but you, wait a second! Listen! 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 The, the, because there are other priorities in place. Look at what's going on in Chicago. Look at all of these people who've been protesting what Rahm Emanuel has done in terms of the school closures in Chicago. They are there are priorities in place that do not say that the by the care and the education of minority children is a priority. So this is why we're seeing these schools gutted. It has nothing to do with the church itself. Of course the church is tax well, exempt. The church is going to be there. But that's not the reason why there aren't sufficient a sufficient number of schools and there aren't a sufficient number of teachers or why the teachers are not being paid what they ought to be paid. That is not do, the fault of the church. Tell me something. Do the churches know this, though? I mean, is it? Do they know this? Deborah, Deborah, and Deborah. So, you know Deborah, what I would do if I was a church? I say, come on, tax me. Deborah, my people I, need you know it, what? and I love my people. Tax Deborah. me. And there are and there are a few and there are a few churches that have come out with that. And I'm not saying that the church could not do more. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm I don't think that you guys are understanding where I'm coming from. I'm not attacking your points. I'm just also trying to give a little bit of nuance because I think that's what's missing here. Is there Why is it nuance? Missing? Because, because when you because what you guys are because when you guys. You know what? I'm just going to drop off the line, Kim. But it's been great. Um, Raina, no. Thank you for your Make time. Point. Yeah. Raina, um, hey, I'm going to call you back. Yeah. So don't hang up. Ain't nobody mad at you. Yeah. No, because I, mean, okay. I don't think that you guys are trying to understand what I'm saying here. And I don't, know, if it's just, that I, I don't know what it is. But the no. fact is, is that I'm trying, to, I'm trying to add a little nuance to the picture here. Because, it's, because if anyone's listening to this, it just sounds like all we're doing is, is blaming the church for why there's not sufficient schools, why there, aren't, there isn't sufficient economic opportunity in these places. Of course, well, there are the things that the church... Listen, listen, but there's things that the church obviously could do more of, the church could be more vocal on, there's things that right. the church does do that does harm the uh, the uh, expansion of economic opportunity. We've talked about how these churches have very large, um, you know, real estate portfolios. So we're not, yeah. we're not ignorant of those points. We're just saying that it's bigger than the church. 
It's bigger oh, than the I know it's racism out here. I mean, I'm, I know that. I mean, we're not saying that they're responsible for everything. I'm just saying they're part of the deal. No, right. hello? Okay. And, I, and I agree with you that they're part of the yeah, deal. They can I'm just saying every time well, that I yeah. try to add some more nuance Maybe. to the situation, it seems like I'm being like I like I'm being attacked. So I'm I'm no, going no, no, quiet sorry. down and I'm I'll sorry. let Tana speak. Go ahead. I don't want you to say that way. Yeah. My, um, I, I think where I would attempt to uh, implicate the church in a heavy way, uh, uh, blaming them for the education problem is because if we, if we don't talk about, let's not say the church, let's talk about the superstitious or the fearful. And uh, because of the superstitious and the fearful and the group called the church that pushes this fear and superstition, something like 40% of, of Americans think that Jesus is going to come in their lifetime, 60% know that he will come one day if he doesn't come in their lifetime. So this is, this is halting education. There's, there's a confusion with our origins, with DNA, stem cell research, and this is all coming from the superstitious and the fearful. The, yeah. and, and so the, I think the church has, has a huge role to play in how education has been stunted in this country. And it's, education is stunted by superstition. And there is one okay, group well, that, that loves superstition, that, that pushes superstition, that says faith is, is the number one virtue to have. Um, so I think the church is really, really, really responsible for the problem of education in this country. In that way, yeah. Well, not, I ask the, but see, I don't necessarily, oh, let me, I gotta say this. You know, the church is responsible for some of the direction and some of the, you know, some of that. But it all goes back to the government and the public policy. Because this is the thing, you know, um, that's why I've talked about, you know, public policies and how things are set up and explain some of the discrimination. Now, you know, there are some laws that have been passed on a federal level, and it's supposed to apply equally across the board. But, again, the Democrats and the Republicans are in bed together. They're the same. There's no difference between the two. And what they do is they push it down to the state, which goes back into while you're hearing the argument about state rights, okay? Now, there have been scenarios in which money has been pushed down. The state designates, you know, how money is going to be spent, how it's going to be administered, so on and so forth. In many of these communities of color, yes, the schools are dilapidated. They have old books. You know, they don't have the best teachers and all of that. And the level of education is poor. You know, that's not necessarily because of the church. Now, what I will point to the church in that regard is that they're not paying any taxes. So they're taking money out of the community because most of these churches are in poor communities. So they're not paying any taxes on that church. They're not paying any taxes on the real estate that they own. And the money that they earn or that they get from their um, members, they don't spend it in those communities. So there is no tax base. That's part of the problem as well, and also public policy. So you have people in this country that are trying to turn this country into a theocracy. You have nutcases like Michelle Bachman and Cruz and all of these people that are, you know, trying to have creationism introduced into the schools as part of the science curriculum and all of that. And that is tied to the church and their belief system. But that is where the secularists, that's where we come in, Try to come out here to educate people, but also to oppose this. This is why you have, you know, the Secular Coalition of America. This is why you have, you know, used to be, I forget what the name of that group was, but these other, you know, political 
you know, affiliations and, you know, um, lobbyist groups that are coming out of the atheist community because we're pushing back. We're pushing back. So I don't necessarily blame the church necessarily because of, you know, the lack of the number of schools. There's a lot more to it. Again, this is my opinion, the church and the government are bedfellows, and they work hand in hand. Why do they have faith-based initiatives? Because Barack Obama was supposed to kill the faith-based initiatives when he came to office. The black pastors talked to him. It's still in place. As a matter of fact, he named the czar. So the faith base, and that money is going to these churches in, 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 as grants and, you know, different things like that, and that is to keep the churches allegiance because the churches control to a certain degree vote. So it's tied, it's tethered together, church and politics. So not all of the blame Agreed. goes to the church. Some of that goes to the politicians as well. So that's why, you know, when Reagan was saying that she wants you all to look at the broader picture, that's part of it right there. But the church is a part of the equation. We have not factored Agreed. them out of that equation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and see, as powerful as they are, I, what I'm saying is, uh, that they have the power to turn us around. That's that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they have the bully you know, they, 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 they have what they, call they the If they do the right thing, they have the power. They got the power. All they have to, just like I remember when I first started in marketing, the first place I wanted to talk to people about was in church because most of the people are there. They didn't want to talk about no uh, starting your own business. Now, now, that's all they're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm saying what? Your God didn't tell you it was going to get like this? You know, I mean, come on now. They should be on the ball. They should be, yeah, so, the the, is, where that, I see, they should be I on the ball. They should have been the front runners. Exactly. They should That's have all been. I'm saying. And, 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 again, and I'll be totally honest with you, I agree with you. I feel that these churches and these pastors have their own agenda, and they have been a hindrance to the black community, yes. Yes, in most cases. But, again, I have to give credit to some of the churches that are out here that are doing good work. That's not all of them. There's only a handful. But that's the reason why I feel that, you know, people placing demands on the IRS to fully enforce their policies and to go into these churches and to audit them and to hold them accountable. But it also takes the people to hold them accountable, whether it's the members or whether it's people like us. So when we go after some of these preachers and, you know, we expose what they're doing, it's actually a good thing because most of them do not believe what they're up there preaching. So I agree with Travis on them with that. And for most of them, it is a business that they pass down from generation to generation, like they have their own dynasty or kingdom. You understand? So that is correct. Most of them are scam artists. Most of them are frauds. Most of them are fake. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. and yes. But the, but the thing is, is that dealing with reality, they are a part of the community now. And I agree right. with Travis. You know, it is hard to work with someone who is mentally and physically abusing the people in their charge, telling a two-year-old that they're going to go to hell, telling a two-year-old that the devil is going to get them. That is child abuse coming from the pastor and the parent. I agree. I've never disagreed with that. But what I'm saying is we, the secular community, has to do better. If you don't want to work with the church, you don't have to work with the church. But I want you to do something. 
Mm-hmm. Can't just sit around and complain and point the finger. We have to do something. We need a think tank. We need something. And we need to make some type of agenda, not only, you know, in the community, but also politically. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take more than just being angry at the church and pointing the finger at the church and, you know, giving, making people that are already part of the church. Most of these people are poor. Most of these people are desperate. Most of these people are hopeless in one respect or another. Some of these people are sick. They don't know where to go. And, again, with the church being, you know, part of the problem, you know, looking down on mental health care, looking down on physical health care, telling them you don't have to go to the doctor. Two or more agree, you shall be healed. And then go and put their yeah. hands on them and then I may die next week. That's bullshit. Yes, and that's where it takes right. us to go out and educate. That's why it takes certain monies or whatever to go to the church because some of these churches will only talk about HIV and AIDS and these other issues if they get a grant. If they don't get any money to talk about these programs, they're not going to talk about it. No. Right. And they need to be held accountable for that. Right. Agreed. And I and I think and 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 to bring it all back to the point that we were talking about earlier is that you know we have to. We have to stop supporting people in this community who um, are spreading, you know, hateful ideologies and, you know, um, you know, bashing, you know, Christians, bashing gays, bashing black people, bashing, you know, people for who they are, you know, just because they're going after the, you know, religion. You know what I mean? And I think, and I think that was the point that I was that I was trying to make with my um with my post it's not to say that other people you know can't support kamara it's just really i why i don't support kamara you know if you want to still support him that's up to you i can't force you to do to do anything but i can bring it to your attention so now no one's why they 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 weren't told I, I think yeah. Christianity stands outside, stands outside like homosexuality or being black. Those things are innate and born to you. You know, Christianity is the choice that you're making with a lot of evidence in the world. I, I understand that, but there's also, there's also reasons culturally behind why black people are Christian, and we've talked about them, and some of them have to do with the fact that the church is the only thing that the community can count on to address some of the needs that are met unless because of structural racism. It's so weird. When you talk about what we're talking about here, I mean, we really think about this conversation, okay, and, and like, your, you know, your article. And I'm with you on, you know, if, if somebody's being loud and anti-gay, you know, and it should be pointed out. Right. But, 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 I'm saying that a church might be loud and anti-gay. It might be loud and watch out for hell. And we talk about it might those be loud. too, But can I we finish talk my about point those point churches. without getting interrupted out of the blue? Go ahead, Travis. Go ahead. I mean, am I really saying something that's that, that's that, 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 that is that awful? Do I really mm-hmm. offend y'all that much with what I'm saying here? That's, like, weird mm-hmm. to me. What do you mean? No, Travis, please continue. Continue. Yes. I mean, seriously, it's weird to me. I'm being honest right now. Go ahead. I mean, I mean, um, 
when you it's not about I, defending those churches is my point. But go ahead. What I'm saying is Kim ran a, a list of, of of the nationalities of these preachers and what they do, and um, I think what the issue is is whether or not there should be some government thing given stuff to churches, and whether or not that can be money can be funneled to secular organizations, or does it have to come? You know what I'm saying? Or um, if if they don't recognize it, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like nuts to me because to act like. Even, uh, you know, this is fact. I mean, I believe in that the, the black church has taken over certain roles, perhaps, that society um, has not undertaken. But that's, that fact is an unfortunate fact. It's unfortunate that there's been this only one place, and it's been a superstitious place full of charlatans. So even though that's, I think that's true what you're saying about the black church and black people and the history of their protection and having meeting rooms and places where the cops wouldn't come, et cetera, it's still unfortunate. It, it, it's a shame that, that black civil rights got played through the Bible because it, it's really messed things up, I think, now. And so maybe there's a way to, instead of saying that the, the church, the ideology, or the, uh, the dogma behind Christianity – we could just maybe throw that away and talk about these buildings. Since there's so many churches in the black community, let's just talk about them as, be, as meeting houses, as, as humanity centers. Um, that since you have all these buildings, maybe that's the thing to start talking about rather than saying the church has helped. Maybe having these buildings to go into to close the doors has helped more than the personalities of the pastors. You know, maybe this is just about real estate. Like, we're, you know, you go in a place, close the door so you can plan. Maybe that's the real help that, that the black church has given over the years, that it's literally just a physical place where you can talk and strategize, which I think the black church, you know, they, they were the spots to do that during the civil rights movement. So maybe but just not give the... It's the same reason. Go ahead, Travis. That wasn't me. Oh, okay. No, I was going to say, um, you know, but unfortunately, it's pretty much the same, you know, problem now. If you have a group of blacks, let's just say we had a new wave of the civil rights movement right now, which I believe is gearing up or has geared up and is, you know, being developed. You know, let's just say we had Stokely Carmichael, stage version of Stokely Carmichael. Do you really believe he can go and, you know, Mr. White Businessman is going to rent him his place for a couple of hours so that they can have a black civil rights or a black Panther look a meeting? Do you really think that white dude is going to rent that place out for us? Mm-mm. Especially if they find out they were secularists or atheists. No, but neither would the church, would they? If we're talking about... See, the thing is that with some churches, not all of them, because some of them are like, hell to the null, and you go now, right? Um, with some right. of the churches, if we're talking about, yeah, I agree with you, honey. Uh, but with some of the churches, if we're talking about social justice and advancing the cause of the community, some of them will let you meet there, but you cannot proselytize. You can't talk about anything regarding secularism. The only thing you can talk about is why we're going to put our marching boots on and, and go out here and protest, why we're going to write these letters, 
why we're going to, you know, generate media behind, you know, this injustice, this particular injustice. You know, but the thing is, is that, we're, you know, it, it's just, it's become so conflated over the years. And, you know, you're right. You know, me personally, I could not work with a pastor that's a homophobic, you know, bigot. I could not work with, you know, a white pastor that's a racist. You know, you know, and, and you know, those are just different things that I, I, I can't do it. I couldn't do it. But I'm willing to work with liberal progressive churches and pastors that understand that social justice is needed. Now, you know, again, I don't agree with them, you know, inflicting, you know, what we consider as child abuse, you know, telling a child that, you know, he or she is going to go to hell or that the devil is going to get them, you know, if they masturbate, which is something very natural for a child to do, you know, or, you know, any, or, you know, it's just, it's fucking crazy. But, you know, it all boils down to, at the end of the day, you know, my premise is, can we all sit down and talk and at least find what we do have in common? Because we have more in common than we do differences. And, no, I don't expect atheists to go sit up in somebody's church and, you know, pretty much be a captive audience on Sundays just so we can rent out a room on Monday or Tuesday. I don't think, I don't believe that. And I know there are a lot of atheists that don't want to work with a church in any capacity whatsoever. That's fine, and I respect that. And to those particular atheists, again, it goes back to what are we going to do and where do we go from here? Because some of these people, you know, there are a lot of poor atheists, and they don't have money. And they don't have jobs. I mean, we've all been hit hard with this economy. And that happens, and I understand it. But the ones that do have a little money, a little real estate, a little clout, then why can't we work together to establish something? You know, instead of having a conference and charging people $150, $200 for a weekend ticket, you know, why can't you just, you know, take some of that money and help out the different people in the different cities? Trust me, they're using demographics. They know if, you know, they have a high percentage of followers, a high percentage of donors um, in, you know, Los Angeles or, you know, New York or Atlanta or Chicago. They know this. So what are they doing? And, again, I'm going to put this out there. What are you doing to help relieve some of these issues? What are you doing to address some of the public policy issues? What are you doing to help these communities of color actually advance? You know, they say that they want, you know, atheists of color to be in their ranks. You know, um, I, don't, I don't see any atheists of color in any senior management in, or on the board of many of these organizations. Maybe one or two, if that. And I'm being generous with the two. You know, and so, I mean, with the white organizations, what are you doing? With the black organizations, what are you doing? Because at the end of the day, you know, the going back and forth about why the church is wrong, I understand that. We have to point that out. I'm not saying let that go. I'm not saying give them a pass. But while we're, you know, pointing the finger at the church and discussing what's happening with the church, um, basically, you know, the community is still falling apart. What are we doing about that? Right. I'm just saying that if if you're if you're given one spot, your time, attention, uh-huh. money <laughs> on, on Sunday, start there. Right. Saying, take that ten percent and put it into your community. Right. I mean, I mean, 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, no, no, I agree with you. For that 10% they can put it back into the community. I personally, I would prefer that they put it into a college fund for their children if they have children or put it into an investment fund so when they retire, they'll have some money. Because so one of, you know, things, or one of the secrets, you know, it's open secret, is that nonprofit organizations, mainly churches, they don't have to pay Social Security on their employees. And many of these people, when they retire from the church, they are destitute. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Okay, so that's Mm. another reason that they got to go, because it's a trick and a trap on their own employees. There's nothing to about. Wow. Right, but the thing is is that I've talked about this. I've brought this out. There's so much about the business portion of the church that I can tell you about. And, I mean, you know, there is a way to put pressure on them, but it takes not only pressure from the people putting pressure on the government, it takes pressure from the government putting it on the church. You understand? Wow. And so, you know, this, this is my whole thing. There is a way that we can sit down. But while we're sitting down and discussing this and pointing the finger and, you know, pointing out all of these different issues, there's, there's still a community of people that are hurting that are dying physically, that are dying emotionally, that are dying, you know, psychologically. You know, at the end of the day, you that's know, why I think, um, mm-hmm. I think that's why believers in religions uh, literally, I mean, I would respect believers and religious people and, and say that I don't want your help in these humanitarian endeavors because I'm respecting their beliefs. I'm saying I'm here at the soup kitchen serving the homeless. If the Pope shows up, or the, one of the leaders, your pastor shows up and says, take that knife and stab the homeless person, I won't. But the believer has to think about that. It, it, the, the Pope shows up in his car with the hat and, and an entourage of cardinals and says, this place has been deemed, I am the vicar of Christ on earth, and this homeless shelter is filled with demons, take the knives and slit their throats. Now, you're going to get a percentage of those believers who were just humanitarians one second ago has to want, do I do that? Because Abraham was challenged. Because Job was challenged. And that's the problem with believers. Now, if if you believe, this is how I would respect you and say, please stay out of it. If you're not a real believer, then you can be part of it. But I'm respecting your beliefs. And I know that you you are beholden to these books, to the dogma, to heaven, to the rules of your creator. And those rules, unfortunately don't always want to feed people. They don't always say, be kind. Sometimes those rules tell you who to massacre, who needs to be killed, yes. what enemy is in your way. And that's, that's what I'm that's saying, true. without sort of dogging the religious or the believers, it's, it's, a, right. it's an issue that when it gets down to it, your mind is foggy with if these are real humans or not. They could be demons. They could be uh, tricks. You know, they, they could be devils in disguises. And when you're when you're in that world, you're going to struggle to be humanitarian. I think you're going to find it hard to just love human well, beings because say, you know what? Maybe this person this, suffering is getting maybe his suffering is getting them close to Christ. The same you know? thing about some of the things that go on in the atheist community, as like I said about the the racial realists who are in this community, and they exist who sit up here and they act as though black people are not they are are are, are inferior to them. And there are oh, people who, sure. and, and there are people who, and there are people in this community who think that women are inferior to men, and they try oh, to justify sure. that with science. So the fact that I'm just, all I'm saying is, is that we cannot defend people in our community who are who are anti-theists, who are who are bashing the church, especially if they're 
um, going to forward these other hateful things and these other hateful ideologies. That those, I, I know, but those people you're talking about, to, oh, we're against yeah. them too. We're against them yeah, too. They're, 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 one, they're one in a million among science. If they're saying that they, science says that, that there's an inferiority to the Africans. I don't think that they are. Is, there was a time in no, no, science but I'm saying any, any where, atheist, where all the prominent scientists believed that black people were monkeys, that they were closer to monkeys, that they were, that they were intellectually what? inferior. Who, who that they, that? Yes, there was a time where the no. majority of people in the science... Oh, well, let's live now, though. Yeah, nobody's doing that now. I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying that science and rational thinking does not rescue people from, from hateful ideology. That's yeah, all yeah, I'm saying, guys. We agree with you 100% on that point. We agree with you 100%. We talk about that all the no, We talk about that all the time about how um, just because you're atheist, man, atheist, you're right about the people they'll believe that they are superior to you because of whatever the reason, your skin color, your mm-hmm. sex, you know, your sexual orientation. Hey, we're gonna bounce out. We're we're, we're gonna go in and do a funny to the moon at noon. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but thanks. Shit. <laughs>
to police yourself? And why are you frowning upon, ostracizing, shunning people who bring these things to the forefront? Why? So, I mean, the question is, are you angry because, is it, you know, is it more justified to be angry at us for bringing this to the forefront than it is to be angry about people having these, you know, counterproductive, you know, ideologies? So is it more right. wrong for us to call it out than it is for them to be homophobic, for them to be sexist, right. for them to be patriarchal, right. for them to be bigoted? So, you know, I guess right. the fact that we're calling it out is more of a wrong than them being these things. And the question is, right. why is that? Because there's all, all because this misconception out there that the black community, and particularly the black Christian community, is homophobic. I want to make sure that that type of image, that stereotype, isn't on the black atheist community. So this is something that you really need to think about. But go ahead, hon. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, because I've seen this. I've seen this firsthand. That there are some people who are so invested in this secular ideology that says that, you know, just having critical thinking and, you know, um, reasoning and all that stuff is, you know, is so superior to what religion offers, that they're willing to stand aside while people are bashing gays and bashing black people and bashing and bashing all black churches without regard to whether or not this church is a prosperity gospel preaching church or whether this church is doing good in the community or not. You know what I mean? They're just they're just invested right. in wholesale bashing of religion in the church that they can't that they that they can't stop and and say, is this person also doing these other things? They have their blinders on. Right, they have their blinders on. Exactly. And the question I have, if you're a black nationalist, and let's say you were, you know, raised as a black nationalist, how are you bashing the black Christian community when you don't know it, you've never been a part of it, and you don't fully understand it? Where is the logic in it? How do you know? (laughs) Right, exactly. Exactly. I don't know, know, maybe it's it's because... Look, I was going to say maybe it's because some of these people have been, uh, quote-unquote, classically trained singers. They think that maybe that is akin to being a member of the choir or something. I don't know. I'm just, you know, throwing out, throwing things out at the wall, seeing what sticks. You know, I'm not sure how they think they can comment on the church that they've never been a part of, you know. I I was surprised. I thought thought all blacks, you know, I, I, I even say I was born in the church. That's how far mm-hmm. back I, I've been going to church. And I was surprised, you know, like I even have a girlfriend, and she she wasn't really raised. I was surprised. She wasn't raised in the church, you know. I mean, they really didn't. And here it is, like, what, 50 years old. Here she She's writing on her page, you know, Bible verses and all this stuff, you know. And I've talked to her, I, you know. I said, look at this in the Bible and look at that in the Bible, you know, because I, you know, a lot of things you have to think about, not just read or memorize, like we, we had to memorize, you know, different things as a child. You need to study and research a lot of stuff that, you know, and question things, not just automatically take it. And at 50 years old, you don't do that. Uh-huh. You know, don't care how much you talk to these people, like they're scared to right. do research. 
Okay, and we're going to go into overtime, you guys. 310-982-4273. Again, that's 310-982-4273. Call on up because, you know, we're going to go a little bit longer on this. And the you know, reason mm-hmm. why is because, you know, I thought I was pretty much getting ready to wrap it up. But what Deborah just said um, hit on another point. Why is it that some of the people in the atheist community, both black and white, are afraid to speak out? We get notes and emails from people saying, you're right, but I can't say anything because, you know, these people over here may get mad. Right. That's bullshit. And there are a lot of issues that we need to talk about. Just like there were issues with, you know, sexual assault and harassment on the white atheist side, there's been some on the black atheist side. It's been covered up on both ends, and it has not been Mm -hmm. addressed. But all of that's coming out. Right, because, again, Kim... Again, Kim, it's it's this it's this insular, you know, protectionist stance that that our community has developed that's very similar to, you know, what we criticize in the church. You know, we can't we have to project this image of, you know, of we're superior, we we're we're better than the Christians, and we've gotten into that so deeply that we're willing to ignore the bullshit that's going on in our um, in our own ranks, you know, we're willing to right. sweep to sweep, you know, all of these, um, you know, any allegations that we come across of, of rape or or you know sexual harassment. We're willing to brush push push those under the table, and we're willing to shame and shun the victims, you know, just so right. it can appear like nothing is going on over here because we don't want our dirty laundry out. And then when somebody comes out and they says and, and says something about Kamara or Blackson or you know or whoever else, you know what I mean? It's a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like we have to think about that. It's like what are we? What do we want? What do we want this community to look like? You know, because if we right. want it to look like the church, we're on course. Right. You know. Right. Exactly. And, you know, the whole thing, you know, about it is there are a lot of things um, that, you know, need to be addressed, and they haven't been addressed. Again, you know, there are people who are saying, you know, we need to deal with this internally. We don't need to have other people in our business or, you know, what have you. But at the end of the day, um, no. No, we need to deal with these issues. We've given people time to deal with them, and they haven't. You know, it's being swept under the rug, and it's not right. It's not right because people are still being hurt, you know, one way or the other. And, I mean, there are a number of different issues, you know, that I'm referring to. But at the end of the day, um, something has to give. Something has Mm -hmm. to give. And, you know, it's just a shame that, you know, you have people out here that are shaming the victim, that are blaming the victim, and that are, you know, twisting and manipulating other people's words. You know, I talked about my troll the other day. I have one particular troll that was, you know, um, giving me a hard time until I threatened to sue, and I know who sent the troll. And, you know, all I have to say to those individuals, because it seems as though, there are a few people in this community that seem to only stand the nice, gentle breeze of legal groups mm. hitting the table. 
And all I have to say to you, and you can consult with your little friend over there, all I have to say right. is torch interference and intentional and negligent infliction of emotional distress. That's not the last time you're going to hear that phrase. Coming to a town right. near you real soon, give me a reason. Right. It'd be like a pit duel plan, pit bull plan with a damn chew dog. I promise you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, on that note, we are out February the 2nd. We're going to talk about church hurt atheists, and we'll be calling more folks and more things out. Fuck it. I don't care anymore. You know, and we're moving on. So on that note, right. we're going to play a little something, something to take us out. You all take it easy. Happy New Year. Love you. And thank you for your support. What's going on in terms of Illuminati, in terms of a popular rapper, it's way deeper than you think. It's deeper than Illuminati. You've been had, my son. The biggest trick the devil played on the world was letting him know that he didn't exist. Kaiser Soze, Kaiser Soze, Kaiser Soze, think about it, think about it. Who's Jay-Z Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Nine, eleven. Jay Z's the 
drop on 9-11. What a better promotional tool than to blow up some buildings. What do you want to do? My album's out. Oh, and the buildings are down. The buildings. Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Jigga. Oh. I'm going to the east, but J.D. signs Kanye West. Why would you do that? Do the knowledge, Why would you do the sir. Do the knowledge. Kanye, Kanye, and Pepper. It's 